Mike Polsey, the founder and CEO of MA Polsey Consulting. I'm the host of the podcast show called The Pulse on Technology, and I'm really excited to get this show off the ground. It's been a long time in the making, and I think we're going to have a lot of good information to share, a lot of good guests to bring on the show to cover topics that every business is faced with. So if you're a CEO, a CFO, or a CIO, this is going to be good for you to tune in, and it'll be, I'm sure, stuff that you've heard of that you're faced with, and we hope to be able to educate you and help you make those tough decisions. Today's episode is on cyber liability insurance. It's a tough topic uh, for many companies, both to get qualified to get it as well as to afford it. It's getting very costly, and I've got two guests joining me today. Brian Millar, who is with MA Pulsey, is the head of our security practice been with us about 10 years, and he and I go way back. We've worked together for a long, long time. Uh, He brings a a ton of information, a ton of knowledge to the table. Uh, He's a great leader in our company. Second guest I have on is Will Brooks from Fifth Wall Solutions, and I'm really excited to have him on today because he has awesome perspective on the insurance industry and very specifically with cyber liability insurance coverage. So with that, guys, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself to our audience. I'll let you go first, Will. How's that? That's, sure. <laughs> My name is Will Brooks. Um, I work with Fifth Wall Solutions. We are a cyber insurance, I guess you could call us a wholesaler or distributor. We have access to over 40 different, or we have access to now 40 carriers, and we're able to really market market out a policy, market out an application to every carrier under the sun so that we can really make sure we're getting the best rate for the best value. And I am Brian Millar. I do manage the security here for Mike Pulsey. Uh, been with this company for 10 years. Um, I'll try not to divulge my age, but, you know, I've been, you know, doing various network and security for over 30 years now, uh, you know, with Air Force Research Lab um, here in upstate New York, as well as other various commercial and government entities. So been doing this for a while now. So got a lot of Got a lot of technical background uh, here at MA Pulsey as well, not only from a, a cybersecurity, but uh, from a technology perspective as well. And you got some alphabet behind your name here, CISSP. Sure. Uh, and you're a certified ethical hacker. Mm-hmm. And you've been in this business a long time, uh, like you said. And, and uh, I think, you know, uh, you've, you've got a lot to offer being the head of our security practice here. So I really appreciate you, you being involved today. I'm going to uh, kick this off. With a couple things, uh, I think the first thing we wanted to talk about was, you know, hey, why do we, uh, you know, just just why do we need cyber insurance? You know, we've you, everybody knows the statistics out there and what's been going on in the industry, and um, you know, so we want to talk about that for a minute. But I'm going to uh, turn this over to Brian and and uh, Will to you know kick it off in terms of what they're seeing and why we need it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> it's it's good to bring an insurance guy on because insurance guys like to like to be the bad guy, right? We can always be painted as the as the bad the bad guy, the boogeyman of uh, what we're. Uh, we we can paint the picture. When I started in insurance back before my cyber days in property casualty, I was taught in a sales meeting to figuratively and metaphorically burn someone's house down. Not literally, that'd be illegal, but um, on the on the metaphorical side, just to say, you know, there are a lot of risks out there, and there are a lot of dangers. And when you think of a a house or a business, you think, oh yeah, fire, robbery, theft, all those kind of things. But when we think of our computers, and I think really where the where the challenge comes is that we all we all kind of have this this false sense of security that I can kind of do whatever I want on my computer and I'm safe, especially, 
you know, 10 years ago, a lot of people are using Macs today. 10 years ago, the whole the whole marketing thing of a Mac was, oh, you can't get a virus. Macs are safe because everyone was targeting PCs, but that's mm-hmm. all changed. So really, there's no one safe from the from the internet. And as terrible as that sounds, when it comes to good security, you want to be managing that security on both ends of the spectrum. You want to be protecting yourself up front. And in the event something gets through, if there is a breach, we call it a breach for a reason. Hey, I'm putting up all these walls. I'm putting up all these protections. And in the event something does get through, you want to make sure that you have coverage in place that's not only going to help your legal status, that's going to help you pay lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, but also that your business is going to continue to be able to operate, that you're not going to lose income and and uh, access to all these different things um, that you need on a daily basis for your for your business to operate. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I think, you know, one of the things is too, you know, there, there's two sides to this. You know, there's there's the side that says, well, geez, IT's taking care of that. IT can handle all of it. But, you know, as you mentioned, defense in depth, um, making sure that the technical controls, you know, are able to protect you as much as possible. And then anything that remains, you really need to be able to transfer that to a, an insurance policy. Um, on the flip side, you know, we can't just assume that, hey, I got cyber insurance. They're going to come in and pay for everything after I get ransomed. Uh, that's not the case either. You know, so there definitely needs to be uh, a, a technical Uh, front end to balance some of that. And that's exactly why we're really talking about cyber insurance, because there are those hidden costs on the back end, on the recovery, on notifying employees, notifying customers, notifying those people that may have been involved in a breach. All those costs are expensive. And, uh, you know, people people don't necessarily recognize that until they're actually involved in a breach. And, um, you know, one of the things that everybody says today is it's not a it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And, you know, cyber insurance, like you mentioned, is preparing for the possibility that your house could burn down. And we want to we want to protect as many people um, from losing their homes as possible. And uh, that's, you know, that's where this kind of fits into the the overall equation. And it's it's an important com- component. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Um, and we, I guess ultimately, when you think about it, too, that when you think of insurance, insurance is going to kick in once the breach is discovered. And the problem is that if you don't have those protections up front, those security controls like um, like to, to have an MSP who's actively monitoring your network, your client's network, right? To, to, be, to be monitoring that network, you're going to know when a breach hits much faster than if those controls aren't in place. So just to think, oh, I have insurance, so I'm, you know, I'm covered when a breach hits. Now, if it's ransomware or something like that, everyone's going to know. But there's so many other things that insurance covers, such as you know, a, a hacker getting a hold of your computer resources and then using those resources without you knowing to mine for Bitcoin or to send invoices in your name that you have, uh, uh, your clients are now paying, thinking that it's going to you, but they're paying a ton of money to this criminal, this cyber criminal, right? There's these things that can happen in the background that if your breach is not detected, that could go on for a while before it actually takes place. And that's that's where having the the dual purpose cybersecurity is, is so important to be aware, to be monitored up front, and then to have insurance in the event something does get through. Right. And there's 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 two there's two things that I'll tack on to that. Um, one, if you can't show that you're doing those things, 
it's becoming very difficult to get cyber insurance. And then, you know, the other part of that is we've been seeing, you know, some lawsuits out in the real world now that are saying, well, you got insurance and you said you were doing all this to protect your environment, but you're not, or you, you neglected to protect this other piece. So they're not getting covered. So if you're, say you're doing something to get the insurance, you got to make sure you're doing it. And then <laughs> otherwise you can find yourself holding the bag at the end of the day too. So, um, you know, that's why we're, we're looking, you know, and I think, you know, that's obviously why Fifth Wall is very interested in, in working with MSPs, uh, managed services providers such as ourselves to ensure that, you know, all those protections are in place um, to protect our customers as well as everyone that's involved in this. So there's, there's lots of things that are, that are interwoven there that uh, are, are critical in, in, talking about cyber insurance and maintaining cyber insurance and making sure that you're actually covered um, when, when it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think as, as an MSP, I'm sure you've, you've dealt with the, the applications that clients are bringing in that are, you know, coming from an insurance agent that's coming from their carrier and you have to fill all these out and you're hoping that you're filling them out. I mean, that's why they're bringing them to you because they trust you to fill them out properly. Um, But then ultimately it's going back to the, to the, client that's going back to the agent back to the carrier the carrier may have questions which then have to work their way back down the chain to you and it becomes this big headache and this big hassle and at fifth wall what we've done is we've developed relationships with 40 different insurance carriers so bypassing a lot of the back and forth and back and forth because we can have a direct call with them and we understand the language of security controls so when the carrier has a question we'll just come straight to you and we'll say hey let's uh this, this is some of the stuff that the carrier's asking about. Um, let's work through this real quick so we can get it back to them, you know, immediately. And it's not this delay and this lag to the point where a client is now yeah. banging their head against the wall because their renewal's tomorrow. Oh, no. And, it, and I think that's great if we can uh, expedite that process yeah. in that manner because, you know, we are often, just like you said, well, we're often put in this position to, hey, here's the application. Can you, can you guys help us fill it out or fill it out for us? And more often than not, we got to be the bad guys and say, well, you don't have this stuff. You don't have this. You don't have that. So let's see what happens. And then, you know, it, it kind of dead ends a lot of times in that scenario because the underwriter, the insurance company will say, hey, well, this is not uh, not, you know, not something we can we can take on. So ha- having an organization like you guys involved that that can work through the process a little more interactively, I think is good. Yeah. And, and I guess with what you just said. A lot of times carrier access is one of the challenges of securing cyber insurance because what'll happen is you know you have an insurance agent who can have who may have access to three or four carriers immediately and then they may have a wholesaler that they can go to that has access to 10 15 more and then maybe they have a couple of wholesaler relationships so that they can hit the whole market um, so it becomes a lot, it becomes kind of a slog and it's difficult, it's challenging, especially when you have the depth of questions that cyber insurance is asking and requiring of people. And that was my next, actually just a question for you, you guys are, well, you will mainly, what are some of the minimum expectations today? I mean, what, what can people expect nowadays, right during this, this time, what can they expect from insurance companies? What are some of the minimum expectations I mean, I've been, you know, we know there's multi-factor, but we, we're seeing segregated backups that follow a three-two-one backup principle. We're seeing some 
next generation antivirus, endpoint detection and response, security awareness training. We're seeing a lot of stuff out there these days. Um, what, what's your experience there? So the, the challenge here is that every carrier is different, right? So different carriers are requiring different things, but there's certain things that we're starting to see that, that are consistent across the board. And you said the first one, multi-factor authentication. Look, I know for anyone listening in, it's not the most convenient thing in the world, but you know what is less convenient or even, yeah, even less convenient is getting a ransomware attack or being breached. And in, in my mind to have to attach your cell phone number or an email address to verify that it's actually you by just getting a six digit code and putting it in. Yeah, maybe it takes an additional 30 seconds, but um, I'd rather take 30 seconds to do that than to spend 16 days offline because I've been breached. And and it's so it's inconvenient. Yes, especially they want it for email access and they want to see it on remote desktop access. So carriers are extremely cautious around remote desktop, right? If you're, if you're logging into your business's network remotely from a coffee shop or from your house or anything like that, first of all, when you're on public Wi-Fi, I mean, you're just opening yourself up. Right. So to verify that it's you, to make sure for your software, to make sure that it's you logging in by just doing that quick check is going to be vital to your security stance. And it really, I mean, you'll recognize you really only have to put that code in when your IP address changes. You're not really doing it every single time. But if you go from your home network to your to a coffee shop, that's an IP address change. It's going to ping you for that MFA. And that's important. Um, so, if, and, and you may know if you use a VPN or something, it's constantly spoofing your IP address. So you're going to have to do MFA a bunch, but still it's worth it. And then on top of that, segregated backups, like you said, um, and that follows what's called the three, two, one principle. And what that really means is that they want to carriers want to know that you have three copies of your data, which means that it's not just on your home computer, but you have three copies and that those three copies exist across at least two different media types. In today's world, that's easy. You know, that's like putting it on a hard on a flash drive and putting it on the cloud. There's your two media backups right there. Um, and then they want one of those sites to be, or one of those copies to be offsite, which again, the cloud is considered offsite and the cloud everyone has, you know, Google drive, OneDrive, all those, you know, if the majority of people are using Microsoft office or G suite, which means they have access to OneDrive or they have access to, to Google drive. So right there, you already have cloud backup. So just do it. And then the last one that we're seeing uh, being asked for more and more is the security awareness training. And the reason that is, is, you know, if you think of, um, you know, you, you want to get, you want to save some money on your auto policy, you can take a de defensive driving course, right? And that's just going to, that doesn't mean you're going to, you're guaranteed to avoid an accident with that. But what that's going to do is it's going to teach you some things that are going to help you be a little safer on the road. So security awareness training is not going to guarantee that you're never going to click a phishing email, but what it will do is help you learn to recognize them. And carriers want to see that done. Um, now, the problem here. And what 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 a lot of clients may be noticing and what a lot of people listening in might be noticing is saying, now, wait a minute, you know, with an auto policy, with a homeowner's policy, if I do those special things like install an alarm system or take a defensive driving course, I save money on my insurance. But here you're saying that those things are going to affect my eligibility for it. And that's kind of the issue we're seeing with cyber insurance right now is there's no discounts. It's literally have these things or we're not getting you a policy. And that's yeah. another reason that we went to 40 different carriers as opposed to three, because we have some carriers that offer excellent insurance rates, but you have to have really tight security up front. And so, so rather than saying we can save you money by discounting 
your policy based on your security posture, what we can in fact do is say the better security you have, the more carriers we can go to. And that creates an opportunity to really exhaust the market and say, we want to get you the best coverage for the best rate. But that's only going to work if you have these things in place. And then there's two other ones that maybe you guys can go into a little bit. And that's, they call it, you know, it's EDR. And EDR is, they, they, they say next gen antivirus, but they really want that endpoint detection and response is kind of evolving into that. And then the other one is these external security, uh, these security scans that the carriers are doing. And I mean, honestly, there's not much we can do about that. They're going to, that's why we go to so many carriers. Some like certain ports that others don't. And so we're just going to hit the market. Yeah. And, and one of the things I guess I wanted to point out here, Will, is all of these things are things that companies should be doing anyways. I don't want to, I don't want them to leave this as thinking, well, geez, cyber insurance is the big bad guy and too difficult to get. We tell our customers all the time, they need to be doing these things. So it's not just you. And I don't want them to think, well, geez, if I don't get cyber insurance, I don't have to worry about this. No, that's not the right takeaway. This, this is we are telling people that people need to do this. And depending on the vertical that you're in, if yeah. you're in finance, you're already required to do these things. We are just trying to get the rest of the world um, to do this stuff. And if you want insurance, which you should have, then you should be doing these things. And we've been telling people, and you know, you, you are kind of more of the carrot, I think, here. Um, insurance, if you want to get good insurance at a reasonable rate, this is a reason to be doing some of these things. So to your point, too, on, on the EDR, um, next-gen antivirus, um, we call it managed detection and response with our, with our service here. Um, absolutely. You know, we can, we can have, you know, protections in place. But you, you mentioned this earlier. We also need to be able to, to manage and see when people are in the environment. You know, there, there are statistics out there that will tell you that, geez, bad guys are in the environment for hundreds of days. Um, and that's, that's critical knowledge. Um, and the reason that's critical knowledge is because in the event of something like a ransomware, you need to be able to see it as quickly as possible so that you can recover from a backup. And remember, ransomware, the, the best defense against ransomware are good backups. Um, but you need to be able to detect it, spot it, and then know where you have a good backup to. And how disruptive is that going to be to your organization if I got to go back, you know, a few days versus a few months? A few days, not as disruptive. A few months, that can be pretty disruptive to an organization. Um, you know, so that's why we look at, you know, having good um, endpoint detection and response. Because let's face it, the, the days of simply relying on a perimeter firewall at your office with everybody working remotely and cloud-based services is not the be-all, end-all it used to be way back in the day when everybody went to the office and logged into a desktop and, and did their job. Now we need to evolve our security protections and do more endpoint protection so that if you are working from home, you don't always have a, a leading edge firewall at your house protecting your computer. You need to rely on that endpoint detection. You need to be able to monitor it. You need to be able to have mechanisms in place to contain those outbreaks and reduce the spread. Um, and that's where a lot of the managed detection and response comes into play here. So. Absolutely, all of these things um, are the minimum, the absolute minimum that we, you know, impress upon our customers. And there's always more, um, you know, security awareness training. We definitely like to see more of that um, and have people continue to do that. 
But yeah. again, it's it's critical. All these are critical components to having good security um, and better response and ensuring that uh, insurance is, is going to help pick up the slack as needed. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say, uh, it's it's tempting that when you're applying for cyber insurance to ask a question, well, what do I need to secure coverage? And I mean, that's a good question. But the problem is the cyber landscape is shifting so dramatically that this year, if you put everything in place that you need to get coverage, there's a chance that next year you're going to be denied coverage because you're not secure enough. We've right. seen it happen this year. We saw it happen last year. And so to to work with your with with your MSP to get the full security stack that's offered is huge because what that's going to do is it's not going to ensure that you're covered next year, but what it's going to do is it's going to make the renewal process a lot smoother because what we'll be able to say is you have all the controls in place. There's not really much more you can do at this point. And the carrier is not going to, you know, we're going to have a carrier that's more than likely going to be willing to take on the risk as long. I mean, there's some classes that are really difficult to place and that's just a reality, but in most cases, I mean, if you're really secure, it's going to make your renewal process much easier. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good segue into, you know, why are, why are we talking? Why are we, you know, working together, you know, fifth wall from an insurance perspective and MA policy as a managed service provider is, is we want to remove some of those unknowns <laughs> and surprises. We, we don't want to see surprises. We want to, we want to foster you know, good communications with our customers and make sure that they understand what is potentially coming. You know, what do they need to plan for uh, and protect their environment and not be at risk of losing their insurance after a renewal? So there's definitely some things there um, that I think everybody benefits from. Just a quick question. I mean, working at Brian just mentioned, you know, an MSP or as we are more often referred to today as a managed security services provider. What's the benefit of an end user, a client working with an MSP like us who has a partnership with you guys. Let me use an example that might might help someone who's trying to understand the partnership here. So you own a house, right? And when you own that house, let's say you install a security system and that security system is just an alarm. So that alarm, someone breaks into your house and that alarm goes off and that alarm's very loud, but pretty much the only reason the police are going to show up is if a cop hears it or some neighbor calls it in and says, hey, this alarm's going off. Can you go check it out? So then an hour later, the police finally show up and the criminal has now taken everything that he or she wants and has left. So they have to begin this investigation and they're not able to actively stop the intruder versus having an alarm system set up that has a central a centralized location so you have a central alarm that when that alarm hits the first thing that happens is the police are immediately notified and the alarm company is now looking into what exactly happened where the breach happened what happened so when you think of having a a, you know oh i turned on windows firewall when i installed my system it's like oh that's great (laughs) you might keep some stuff out and if something does get in well now you're going to have to take all this time to to fix the issue Versus working with an MSP who can now actively monitor your system. And if a breach happens, they are immediately getting to work to fix that. And to me, when you're running a business, you can't afford to lose time. You can't, you just right. can't. I mean, time is going to be our biggest asset no matter what your business is. And when you are 
if, if you're running a business and you get hit with a ransomware attack, for your MSP to say, look, we, we back you up every couple of days or we back you up daily, um, we can get you back online right now. Forget the ransomware attack. You're fixed. There's still going to be issues. You may still have to report that because there's notification and all the legality behind it. But your system is not going to be completely decimated and you're going to be able to keep working even though there may be the legal issues. And that's where the insurance comes in. So that's why we want to, that's why we're taking this dual approach here to say, we want to protect you on the front end and the back end. We don't want you to just have the bare minimum. We don't want you to just say, oh, well, I have an alarm system in place. I'm good. We want to make sure that we are protecting you so you can just go about running your business the way you want to run your business. And, you know, here's the other thing. Believe it or not, we've got some some clients that are basically saying, well, you know, do I really even need to have it? Is it really going to cover me in the event, mm. you know, of an, of an incident? So what's your experience there? I mean, are, are the insurance companies really, really supporting their clients when there is an incident, when there is a breach? Now, that's a, that's a fun question. Um, so... I'm going to say yes. Insurance co- companies are absolutely supporting their clients, the pr- or their insureds. But the problem is that not all cyber insurance is created equal. So to see cyber insurance, to see like cyber liability on a, you, you have a business owner's policy, and there's this little tack-on policy that says cyber liability coverage. If you actually dig into what that's protecting, it may be like fifty thousand dollars of legal fees, which. I hate to say it, but in the in 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 the event of a breach, that's probably not even going to cover all your legal fees, and you'll probably lose a lot of income because it's not covering any of your first party coverages like loss of income and wage, you know, covering employee wages and all that kind of stuff. So business interruption coverages, and so you run into these issues where you run into these issues where a client thinks they have a policy, and you know, on paper they do, but that policy is not going to provide the coverage they really need. What they really should be looking for is a comprehensive cyber policy that's giving them both third party, which is legal, and first party, which is personal, you know, your business coverages on both ends because they, you need it. If, if you're, you're, your entire business is online today, let's be real. So it's not, like, it's not like, you know, I've isolated all my stuff into a room. So if there's a fire, that room is fireproof. It's, it's different. So we're looking at severely underinsured companies who think they have insurance just because they don't understand it. And that's that's to be expected. You're not, yeah, we're experts in cyber insurance so that the client doesn't have to right. be. And that's really what it comes down to. I think that's a big a big concern of ours as well. Um, you know, we want to make sure that our customers, you know, are covered. You know, the concern there is that they're simply going out and getting the cheapest and easiest insurance to get. And, and that's not really the point of the insurance. Um, You know, we want to make sure that they're actually thinking about, you know, how to keep their business operation in the event of an incident. And having the right insurance coverage really leads into that. You know, they're, you know, we as the managed services provider, um, you know, can't be the the, the supermen and maintain the environment without the proper technical controls in place and the support, um, you know, of the customers and the buying in of that. And, you know, insurance is becoming, um, you know, again, another carrot to say, hey, you want this insurance, um, you can get it if you've got good controls in place. And then having those good controls in place allow us, you know, to recover easily, quicker, 
to an incident and also manage the financial aspect of the business. Um, I think, I think those are all critical components of this, you know, we can, you know, we can always recover, but if, if if recovery takes a week because of poor backups, um, you know, maybe the business can't survive that. Um, so those are really the the things that we want to make sure that customers are, are thinking about long-term. That's a good point too. You, you know, we talk about business continuity and disaster recovery. So earlier you were saying, Brian, that uh, having a good backup, having a good way to recover uh, is essential. You know, it's important. Are, are the insurance carriers looking for uh, companies to have evidence or show evidence of having a, a BCDR, you know, back uh, business continuity and disaster recovery plan? So I guess I guess that what we're starting, so we, we talked a little bit before, and I, I want to talk about that. We we talked a little bit before about what are some of the expectations for security controls, but a lot of times what carriers are seeing is they want to see that you have that business continuity plan. And that's coming from <laughs> a lot of times the business continuity plan in the event of a physical loss is kind of set up by internally by the company. But when it comes to how are you going to mitigate this cyber breach, that's really where you guys as the MSP get really involved and where you're able to, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly a bit of a, a, to me, it's a bit of a relief knowing that I can just go about my business doing what I created this business to do and not have to worry about this stuff. And that's really where, where the benefit comes in. That's the value. That's the value of working with an MSP and fifth wall together, because it's saying this very real threat that is right in front of me is now while it is still a threat, while it is still a potential thing that can happen, like you said earlier, it's not if, it's when, right? The fact is, probably at this point, everyone listening has at least seen a phishing email. Hopefully they haven't clicked it, but they've probably at least seen it, right? And it's they're trying hard. They're casting those nets, and they're trying to get someone to click that email. And the fact is, to, to just have that peace of mind of knowing that I have a, I have people who are actively looking out for that so that I don't have to worry about it so I can go about my business. To me, that's a huge relief and it, it just brings peace of yeah. mind when it comes to the whole situation. Yep, good answer. <laughs> well, it's a slippery slope, but you know, the net of it is, I think, you know, pe- people have to have the insurance. I think it's the best thing to do. You never know. And like you said earlier, if it's not if, it's when. So knowing how to work through this and how to be prepared, I think is, is real important to people. Yeah. And at the same time, it's you know, you want to have that insurance, like uh, Brian said before, it's like dangling the carrot, right? You want the insurance because you want to be online and okay if in the event of a breach, but you're not going to get that insurance unless you have good security controls. And honestly, when you think wisdom here, the better your security controls, the better your chances are of getting affordable insurance. I mean, we've worked with guys who came to us and said, my policy was $1,000 last year. This year, the carrier wants $4,000. They got 4 x on their insurance policy. And that's that's a lot of money when you were paying a thousand last yeah. year, right? And the reality is there are general price increases that are happening because carriers took a real hit because they didn't realize how much of a threat this was. But at the same time, there's good pricing out there. But the only way you're going to access it is if you have really good security controls up front. So why not save yourself a little money on the insurance and reallocate those funds to improving your security posture up yep. front? Be proactive. Yep. I love it. So well, this is good, guys. I, I really, uh, I, I think this was a great discussion. Well, you know, well worth the time and energy to do it and uh, well overdue. I mean, I think this is, this comes up 
on a daily basis for us, right, Brian? I mean, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And you know, we gotta we gotta keep moving uh, moving forward and and help our customers understand that yes, your cost may go up, but it's it's still worth it. And we want to see what we can do to to help ensure that it's uh, it's meeting the needs of their business. Yeah, and, and I mean, just to real quick, if you're if you're listening in today, if you're having questions about insurance, reach out to Mike O'Brien or whoever whoever on their team that you're working with directly because they can help set up a meeting between them, you and us. And we can really just, we can evaluate your policy. It's not going to cost you anything. We can just look at it. We can poke it for holes. We can really just, we want to, we want to offer that to you to just say, Hey, let's look over your policy and make sure you're protected because that's what, that's what we want to do here. And then, you know, in the event that you can work with, with Mike and Brian to get better controls here, we can market it out and try to save you, you know, a ton of money on that policy. So. Yeah. I like that approach. It's, it's like you guys are, are one stop. And it, it, you know, I, I don't know that everybody's every agency is created equally. I, I think you guys have a great approach with Fifth Wall, and I think it saves a lot of time. It streamlines the process, and uh, in the end, you know, everybody gets what they need. So, guys, uh, thanks for doing this. Um, thanks for for being part of this show today. I appreciate it. And um, with that, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate having you on, Will, and you and Brian, and um, looking forward to the next episode. You bet. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Hey, let me know when this goes live. You got it. I will, buddy. (laughs) 